Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premiere podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined, as always, by my phenomenal friend, Mr. JW Crewall. JW, how's it going today? Hey, it's going pretty well, Riley. How are you? I am spectacular. Yeah? Any yeah. news? Um, to report? Nothing of particular note. I'm, I'm deep in a book right now, which has led to some late nights. Um, so it's been kind of a tired week. But uh, I'm getting my second dose vaccine tomorrow, Ooh. which is very exciting. Um, Let's go. So looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm just uh, looking forward to, to getting to see people again. I'm getting a couple of weeks of remote work that they're letting us do. Uh, so yeah. my plan is after, after you know, a couple weeks after I'm vaccinated, like maybe taking a trip somewhere. Yeah, where where are you thinking? Maybe central slash northeast Ohio? I mean, I'll probably swing through Ohio. Um, <laughs> we get three total weeks of remote work before June 1st. Okay. Um, so I want to go to Ohio for at least a week total. Yeah. And then I want to go somewhere warm. It's like the weather's been so bizarre if you're like above Kentucky where it's like it's snowing one day and it's warm the next and it's like Sure. It feels like snow is just not appropriate anymore, so I kind of want to just go somewhere really warm. Like a, I, I felt beach. like we didn't have enough snow. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I felt like we should have had more snow. In April? Well, no, just, you know, January, February. Oh, I see. Yeah, I mean, the time has passed, though, so you know, it's not <laughs> like a... There's no we makeup should... points for this exam, you know? like Dang. Dang, there's no there's no makeup days for the school of nature. No, no. So uh, it's the time has passed. It's supposed to be warm now. It was really warm the, a couple weekends ago here, and it snowed today. So I want to go somewhere like the beach, right? And I'll take like maybe half days and work remote in the mornings and then afternoon on the beach. That, doesn't that sound cool? I don't know. I mean, yeah, it sounds great. I used to do that. I would probably go down to Miami Beach about once a year, yeah. and that's what I would do. We would work in the mornings, and then I'd just like go get a Slurpee, sit down on the yeah. beach, watch like, all the crazy people, and just like take a you half know, day, you know, and work in the mornings, and yeah. you know, especially with the pandemic, I have like a lot of days that are stockpiled right now, and you can only carry over so many. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Well, my big thing is that I just bought a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, there you go. And I know I'm a little late to the party, but man, this thing is cool. Yeah, what are you playing? Well, I am playing The Legend of Zelda, which is a game that I've been wanting to play since it was <laughs> released, and I've just restrained myself because it was kind of like a like a get, you know, get a job type thing. <laughs> get a get a real job type thing. And uh so finally did that. So I spent the money and got the game and I've been enjoying it and I, all I can say is like aliens like you know I, I it's like the like the meme guy the meme alien guy yeah. that's all i think about whenever i go into the shrines so <laughs> it's pretty funny that's awesome yeah cool. well, so it's it been a good like, time sounds like things are on the up in the tag team verse <laughs> that's right definitely trending upward for sure <laughs> that's cool um things let's say though jw there's a lot of interesting things happening in the pokeverse as well so um, many you know the the chilling rain set in 
States is really starting to get in the nitty-gritty of it. We got the full set basically Japanese now. So lots of cool stuff that's coming out of that. JW, is there anything like initially that sticks out at you? Well, I I mean obviously the the Calyrex is plural are very cool, but I feel like I'm I'm hopeful for the format uh post, you know, po- post uh new set, but it doesn't seem like it's going to shake up the format like too much. Like it's not going to be like the only playable deck is going to come out of this set, which was a lot like we saw with battle styles, right? Where it just kind of shifted the format a little bit, gave a few new cards to, to some older archetypes and, and added, you know, the rapid strike Urshifu obviously is a pretty dominant force, but not the dominant force. You know, there are so right. many decks that you can play at any given tournament. So I kind of look at this new for uh, this new uh, set in kind of the same light where I'm not seeing anything that should just be wildly overpowered when you put it in the context of what we already have. And yet it should spice up the format in a way that we saw with battle styles that I'm really excited for. And that's, that seems like the way to do it, right? I know I'd see, I mean, it just, it, everything that I've seen so far has like led me to believe that it's just like really good set design uh, from the perspective of uh, of a player. Like it just, Seems like we're not, you know, if you don't have to get the new cards, like I feel like that's always good for like kind of growing the game, right? If you're not forced to be competitive uh, by getting those new cards, like you can still compete with the older card. I think that's really nice. So some of the cards that are kind of standing out to me, there's a pair of supporters that I think are really interesting. And that's Peonia and Peony. And these are um, supporters that we've seen somewhat in the past but these are just kind of maybe a little bit more uh powerful than what we've seen in the past so peonia choose up to three of your prize cards and put them into your hand and then choose that same number of cards from your hand to put them as your prize cards face down so something like a gladian which saw pretty regular play in particularly control decks but peonia seems um certainly arguably better um yeah certainly arguably better. better If like you have multiple important things prized, right? Because you yeah. can you can reuse the peonia as well. So even if you whiff them off the first peonia, then you know it's in the, the second set of three cards because it doesn't say to shuffle them around. Right, right, exactly. So I think that's really cool. And then also the peony, which just discards your hand, but then you get to search for two trainer cards. So the immediate kind of combo that you see there is getting your rare candy and your Evo incense, and you can go to town getting your stage twos up and running. And, you know, of course, at the cost of discarding your hand, but we have enough, um, you know, we have enough to get around that. I mean, we have Krikatoon, obviously, um, perhaps the stage two that you're looking to get out is one that draws cards like the Gardevoir. So Gardevoir is a really cool card that we are going to see come out and uh, has an ability uh, that says once during your turn, you may look at the top two cards and attach any number of basics and then put the other cards in your hand. So it's very similar to Zashin's ability, uh, but it does one less card um, and your turn doesn't end. So really, really, I mean, we've seen how strong that uh, that ability is on Zashin. And so seeing it on a on a base or a, a non-V Pokemon will be pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's super cool. That ability definitely rocks. And you, the fact that you can kind of like chain them, you can continue to yep. use multiple Gardevoirs. And obviously that's like impossible with Zashian. <laughs> Just by right. the logistics of the card don't work out right. that way. 
So, right. um, I think that's a cool, cool new card. Um, I think the yeah. whole Gardevoir line is really interesting. Um, yeah. Remind me of the attack on the Gardevoir itself, JW, before I get into some of the other ones. Yeah, the Gardevoir attack, it's a brainwave attack, does 60 damage for three colorless. And then says this attack does 30 more damage for your psychic energy attached to this Pokemon. So presumably if you're only playing psychic, then you'd be doing a base of 150, which is fine. I wish it was kind of a communal psychic attack so you didn't have to load up on one Gardevoir. But I guess that's kind of the trade-off, right, for such a such a great ability. So mediocre attack, certainly a usable attack. But... Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I keep that's saying, kind of I think Pokemon is afraid that stage twos are like too strong. Yeah, <laughs> this feels like an example of that, where it's like, it's don't worry, you can make this stronger if you. Want. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like honestly, yeah, doing. I mean, maybe just doing more damage. Um, doing having less cost, right? Maybe at two CC. Uh, you know, there's there's a number of ways that they you know could have buffed it a little bit. Um. But yeah. they opted not to. This is what we got, and hopefully it'll be good enough to uh, to see competitive play. Yeah, and well, backing it up is a strong line of other cards supporting it. Namely, you have the Curlia line, uh, or Curlia as part of the Gardevoir line, which is pretty huge. I mean, this I I think when you when we describe this, it'll be obvious. So the Curlia has I forget the name of it, but it has water duplicates essentially. So if you're not familiar yeah. with ninja break of old the idea is if you have a curlia you can attach a psychic energy to it and you can bench all your other curlias in your deck um so the stage two deck that is so so huge i mean being able to kind of like circumvent the risk of rare candy and instead get guaranteed like two to three stage twos on the third turn of the game is awesome i mean like pretty yeah. much every stage two would every stage two centric deck would have that attack if they could um, right. So that's really awesome. You could definitely like still include a couple of rare candies to like kind of facilitate your draw engine or to make yourself get a little more explosive. But that's that attack is really awesome, and that'll let you more consistently get multiple Gardevoirs, so you can keep accelerating your energy. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's kind of sad that they're you know that you have to make a stage two into a stage one essentially to make it playable. But the success of water duplicates, I mean, just definitely gives me hope for this card. And anytime that you have more evolutions in the format, that's a good thing. There is also a Gallade, and I think it's a little bit less notable than uh, his psychic counterparts. But the Gallade is a fighting type, uh, which is always cool. I like when the the Gardevoir decks have those kind of like dual evolution options. Uh, for one psychic energy, it can I think it's slash for sixty, and but then for a double colorless, it does like sixty for each V and V max in play. So um, just another like Eternatus killer, and um, I think for a deck like Gardevoir, they would likely struggle to get over Eternatus multiple times in a match, um, just because the yep. damage output isn't really all the way there. So having that as an option <laughs> is definitely helpful. Um, so I mean I like the I like the package toolboxy kind of elements that these our decks usually have. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of like the the Guard of our GX with the Gallade from Breakthrough. Yeah, absolutely. So that's awesome stuff. There are some other cool cards though that were revealed recently. A whole slew of trainers were revealed. A lot of these glove cards which is an interesting take on kind of like the choice band, muscle band, uh, damage boosting archetype. So 
Um, there's now all these gloves. They have different names depending on uh, the type that they're targeting. And each glove, when it's tool card, when you equip it, um, you do 30 more damage to the opposing Pokemon of the type listed on the card. So there's Justice Gloves, for example, which do 30 more damage against Dark types. Um, there's similar ones for Metal and Grass uh, and Fire. So it's I don't know how exactly they chose the types to pick into those gloves. You know, I don't think uh, I don't think the Grass types really need, yeah. needed that. <laughs> right, right. But yeah. but I I mean it's always nice to have the option, I guess. Right, <laughs> like. I, yeah, like you said, there are some types that are obviously more relevant. Dark, fighting, psychic, fire right now probably are the are the big four. But then it's just kind of nice, you know, if grass does ever make a resurgence. Like just it's not so much that I disagree with the them option. printing grass. It's just like, of all the mediocre types that there are, why do they only do grass? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You know, what's, the, what's the deal? Right, right. What were they thinking? What were they brewing back in the headquarters where they're like, hmm, we've been testing this archetype, but it's way too good. So we must print this grass, uh, this grass, uh, you know, kind of kind of anti-card uh, to, to beat it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, definitely just cool. makes you wonder. I, just be on the lookout, guys, because, you know, Pokemon gives us some pretty obvious some synergies. Hints. So they must know something that we just can't see. <laughs> And maybe next set is the, the Grass Revolution. It turns out Will have needed gloves all along. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so that's really cool. Um, you know, a, a whole slew of interesting, like, supporter cards as well. Um, we got Agatha, which is pretty cool. It lets you move three damage counters from your active onto your opponent's active. Um, you know, I don't see that being played in a ton of decks, but I like those kind of tricky little cards. It reminds me of Grimsley. Um but instead of moving damage from your opponent's Pokemon, you get off of yours. Um, you have a reprint of Caitlyn, which is just a mediocre draw supporter. Um, yeah, and let's talk about why it's a mediocre draw supporter. Because I, I feel like I've seen a few people that are like, oh yeah, you know, Caitlyn should be a good supplementary option for our decks. You know, we really only have Research and Marnie right now. Um, maybe Bird Keeper, uh, maybe Cynthia and Caitlyn. But like, why is Caitlyn a bad not even not a good supporter, but why is it a bad supporter? Yeah, that's a, that's a fair question. And I don't think it's always obvious, um, especially if you're not like accustomed to like hard theory, why Caitlyn isn't very good. Uh, but essentially, um, so just so we can all level set, um, what Caitlyn does is you put a number of cards that you choose onto the bottom of your deck, and then you draw that many cards back. Um, now, if you are attuned to card theory, that might already like perturb you um, because uh, you're playing a supporter card and you're already losing a card in that trade. So you play Caitlyn and or you play Cynthia. You put the or Caitlyn. You play Caitlyn. I was stuck on Caitlyn and Cynthia, <laughs> and then I went the wrong way on that. Fifty-fifty <laughs> choice, and you chose. I wrong. took the wrong one. So you play. Caitlyn, <laughs> I, I almost did it again. <laughs> you, you play Caitlyn, you put, say, five cards in the bottom of your deck, um, and then you draw five cards. But now you've lost the Caitlyn. So if you had a hand of six cards with a Caitlyn in it, you now have a hand of six cards without a Caitlyn. So you're losing a card, basically. Um, yeah. And besides that, like, it's not really digging as hard as your other cards. So the only real use case where Caitlyn makes any sense 
is if there's some resource you're trying to preserve, but your hand is clogged. But it's right. almost like that situation should be rare enough and your deck should flow smoothly enough that you don't build your deck around that happening. Uh, you should yeah, build your deck to be like explosive and powerful. And what you'll find in most cases sure. is like you almost don't even want to get rid of You either want to get rid of like your whole hand and you'd rather have a research or a Marnie, or you only want to get rid of a couple cards and you'd still rather have a Marnie because it'll like dig better. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, another thing to mention, you're saying like, yeah, it's only maybe really good if you have that uh, that card that you want to keep. But we already have maybe an, I mean, certainly a playable card in Orangaroo that can just kind of keep that card on the right. top of your deck. Yeah, and if and your deck is one that hand, risks so. that happening, I would rather just play Orangaroo and, and research. Right. Yeah, <laughs> cer certainly more repeatable um, on that effect. And then... Uh, yeah, I mean, this was a card reprint, like you said, just never saw play before. So if you have your hopes up about Caitlyn, I mean, it it's the kind of card that, like, on its face, I think for, like, if you're just a card game player or maybe a board game player, it just seems like it should be good. But in the context of Pokemon, where we already have pretty insane draw, certainly compared to any other card game that I you know that i know of I, I mean i don't really know how digimon works but like uh certainly like in comparison to magic like we just have such card draw such access to our deck that we don't really need to be diminishing the size of our hand and then we can take it one step further too riley is like there's a lot of hand disruption in pokemon again compared to a lot of other card games so um you yeah. know the marnies the reset stamps uh, can be really detrimental right when you draw into a caitlin as your only supporter after a reset stamp to three right so you can only maximum yeah, put up that's that's another good cards, point so. like even aside from hand disruption is caitlin doesn't like get you out of low hand situation it can only yeah. get you up to one card less than you currently have <laughs> yeah no and it, i mean it and it really gets like it's a supporter that gets worse the longer the game goes on and i feel like that's not really the case with with most supporters you know generally speaking like it it actively gets worse you know, if your opponent's going to hand disrupt you. So anyway, that's enough about Caitlin. Just wanted to give that kind of uh, aside yeah. to, I mean, to yeah, listeners. That was a, that was a cool little dive into kind of like the card theory. Um, yeah. Definitely. There's also a couple new Vs and Vmaxes. Metagross making his appearance here. Metagross not looking too phenomenal. Too phenomenal, honestly. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't really have any commentary about um, there is... uh, it's kind of cool. Uh, Metagross is kind of cool because it, uh, you know, you can get it out and search on the first turn if you have the Rapid Strike Mustard, and then you can <laughs> Magnetic Adhesion. So that seems kind of cool. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just to get some potters. context there, there's the Metagross VMAX has two attacks. Uh, the Metagross V is pretty much largely unremarkable. Um, Metagross VMAX has two attacks. First one is Magnetic Adhesion for one metal. You can search your deck for two cards, put them in your hand. Um, kind of like a worse Obihan. <laughs> and then um, you have Max Rush, where it does 100. And if you do it again, then I think it's yeah. 150 extra damage. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep, exactly. So do 100 the first turn, and then 250 from every subsequent turn, assuming that you don't switch out. Yeah, that's, uh, that's just like a massive <laughs> Definitely is. We have like is. such good metal types that you don't need. I mean, it's it's definitely the kind of card that would sweep at a pre-release. You get one Metagross <laughs> oh, V, one sure, Metagross V Max, dude. Yeah, you're done, and then you, you search out all of your like your supporters. <laughs> yeah, and like... yeah. yeah, and then you're just doing 250 damage a turn for two energy. Like that seems so busted. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is definitely a pre-release king. Right? <laughs>
Um, so the Metagross, not super uh, fantastic. There is a Blissey V, I think is actually really cool. Um, so it has a natural cure ability. When you attach an energy, you heal special conditions from it. And then his attack is, I think, Happy Blast. It's a callback to oh, an old Blissey card. Um, and what it does, it does 10 damage plus 30 more for every energy attached to Blissey. And after you use it, though, you get to put three energy cards from your discard pile onto Blissey, which is insane. It, like, ramps up yeah. so fast. And it has 250 health. It's a that's a pretty tanky boy or girl and it just rocks and like i could even see there being like weird niche combos where yeah. like you accelerate a bunch of energy onto the blissey and then do other stuff with them sure like are you saying like maybe you do it with like metal energy and then you have the bronze on yeah or something? like something like that yeah yeah i could see that too for sure yeah it's so like recovery energy recovery option I mean, it's certainly interesting. We still have Hyper Potion in the format, so, you know, maybe you put, you know, your energy, and then you can heal 120 a turn or, or more, you know, depending on what your opponent does. We obviously have Cape of Toughness that's in format. Um, a fair number of healing options outside of that, you know, with just, like, regular potions or Mallow and Lana and things like that. So maybe there's some kind of tank archetype that can... I, I'm a little worried about the damage output because it doesn't seem particularly good, but I certainly think Blissey V, like, like if you were to slot it into this current format, probably plays best with welder type decks, and then you can uh, get a lot of energy in play, and then maybe like move it all to heatrans or something to kind of close out the game. So, I think it has a lot of a uh, lot of use. Yeah, I think it, I think it's certainly a really cool could. Card. I, certainly I do could. really like the idea of like a bronze like deck is exactly the kind of thing I was thinking of, where you can just like throw it up, get a bunch of energy into play, free tanky. Like not every deck will be able to one hit KO it, um, mm -hmm. and find new tricks that you now have up your sleeve that maybe your opponent was around. Kind of like a, you get a spreading flame turn with Victim. Yeah, definitely is. Definitely is, except it does damage, which yeah, even more potent, right? Yeah, and then it can be like an endgame. It's cool. I like it. Um, any other of the new cards that we haven't previously talked about that stick out to you, JW? Well, not particularly. We were talking a little bit before the cast. We were like, oh, yeah, there's the uh, the Greedence, you know, has that Brazen Tail ability that doesn't let energy cards get discarded, whether from Crushing Hammer or... It, and they actually doesn't let energy get put back into your hand. Um, so, you know, things like Team Yelgrunt just don't work on it. Basically, any energy disruption, if you have the Greedent in play, just doesn't work. I don't think... Greedent is going to see play. Like, I don't know if you remember Riley. Well, you probably do, but that Carbink. First had the power. Carbink. They had the power keeper or whatever. I, I remember think. Carbink. <laughs> the Bink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that Bink was not really that widely played in that format um, that it was in, the formats that it was in. So I don't see a stage one with that similar ability being played. I don't know if you disagree or agree with that, but uh, uh, certainly an interesting card to have. I'm happy agree. we have it, but I, just I, think I largely agree. Um, you know, it's I don't really see it being played in a lot of decks. Like, if you're just so critically worried about Crushing Hammer for whatever reason, it gives you a chance to not have to worry about it. But um, you know, Crushing Hammer is also most potent in the opening of the game anyway. When like you have agreed, sure. Absolutely. So, 
yeah, I mean, there's lots of cool new cards coming out in this next set. There's also a whole slew of like alternate and full arts, and these cards are just gorgeous, Jada. I, I gotta say, um, yep. I don't want to go through every single one of those. If you want to check them out, go check out like Poke Guardian, where you can see all of these different arts in their glory. JW, I wanted to ask you though, which among these stands out to you most? Which among these is like your favorite of the alter full arts? Like what? What I want to get? Like the card that I really want? Yeah, the one you think is like super cool or sick or just like stands out to you in a meaningful way. I mean, I like what Pokemon has been doing really well. Um, certainly recently, but I guess over the last like three years when they have um, put out these cards, is they've done a really good job of like putting pokemon in the background i think that is certainly um something that they're going for right they're trying to have these pokemon kind of exist in a world maybe tell a little bit of a deeper story um and so yeah with that in mind i really have been enjoying um the uh the calyrexes that have uh that have the pokemon in it i just think they're really cool cool really cute talking about like the basic Um, yeah yeah yeah, exactly those ones are really really cool (laughs) <laughs> yeah they look sweet so yeah those would be my choices yeah i was i was thinking about saying one of those i think the one i settled on though for myself is um the zero aura v altar mm. that card is beautiful you got the zero yep. aura like kind of like front and center um looking kind of wistfully off to the side snowing on top of a mountaintop but in the distance you can see light and trees gorgeous there's a weavile kind of hanging out with him what's going on over here i want to be a part of this it's kind of like the vibe weavile's giving off for um, sure there's also another pokemon in frame that i can't really see what it is um maybe you can spot it a little better jw is kind of covered by the yeah no i don't quite see it but the card is just beautiful it's so gorgeous and like that's the that's the kind of card that i would like nice yeah. cool electric type looking very cool. <laughs> Speaking of cool cards, I think you know what time it is, JW. Time for the card of the day. Let's do it. So, card of the day today for me is actually a card that we have previously mentioned on the podcast. Do you know what that card may be, JW? Well, we've mentioned a lot of cards. So, could it be Skrelp? Not Skrelp. And in fact, Skrelp oh. was not mentioned ever on the podcast no that can't be card. true no it card. definitely has been mentioned as a card uh, <laughs> have okay, we mentioned the scrub card I, we've mentioned scrub itself for sure okay yeah i don't know i mean we've been doing this for well over what a year and a half now so forgive me for not remembering every single there. card <laughs> so forgive me for not knowing every single card that we've uh that we've There's ever no said i need mentioned a scrub I need a NoSQL database to store all that information. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe you can make one now. <laughs> See, I'm learning, bro. I'm so, <laughs> now, the card of the day for today is actually Caitlyn, and here is why. Uh, so Caitlyn, definitely a bad supporter. Um, but, you know, Caitlyn is the kind of card you could easily acquire in abundance, kind of like crappy decks with. Um, and so... Uh, many of you who've listened to the cast for a while may know I kind of got my start uh, playing at my local league that I went to for VGC. I picked up various decks that they had pre-built and really found the game to be enjoyable. 
and a huge, huge staple, and we made fun of my league leader for this for a long time, of all these decks is they played Caitlyn. <laughs> all of them played Caitlyn. And, you know, my first experience with the cards was really um, playing the World Championship deck. So, like, a lot of research, a lot of ends, so, like, really the cream of the crop of, of draw supporters. Um, sure. You know, I have that anecdote that I'll me- keep mentioning on the podcast where I read research and I, like, I thought it was even hard. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> going from that to Caitlyn, felt kind of bad. <laughs> and, and Caitlyn opened up a lot of opportunities for these, like, kind of mediocre decks to dead draw against each other. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because it, it was just not an out. It was not an out at all. But I have really fond memories of playing all those, like, pre-built league decks. My, my league leader put a lot of thought and care to what those decks were and how they were built. And it was just such a fun experience. Like, honestly, like, I would still go back and play those if I lived in Columbus. It was just, like, a really good time uh, with my friends. So... Um, I thought, in the spirit of mentioning Caitlin again on this cast, that it would be fun to you know, shout out that experience that I had relevant to Caitlin. Well, that's awesome. Great card of the day. But speaking of cards, we're about to lose some. We got the right. we got the announcement at long last. I know we've been waiting, we've been begging, we've been pleading for Pokemon to tell us what is rotation. I cannot get it off of my mind. You know, I need to know what I will be playing six months from now. And Pokemon has <laughs> delivered at long last. We know, and we're safe, so we can start planning for 2022 rotation instead. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great move. You know, I mean, what what is their benefit to waiting until the last minute, like every other year, to announce the rotation? I mean, you, know, you why always just... know. You always should know what it will be. Well, I, I wouldn't say. That Outside there of a have couple been... of weird years, always know. Yeah, but a couple of weird years is enough to throw doubt, right? Like we, we, I mean, I, usually I like when since... it goes, usually when it goes from a set block, right? Like there's only you know four sets of the previous block still in the format. Like that's very obvious, right? That they're going to rotate to you know just one block of cards on. But you know, again, there have been weird years in the past, so I think you don't since, want to I take anything for granted. It's been pretty clear i think since i saw it is they have these like, obvious like sub blocks within there you know you have like the great block mega pokemon blocks you add like the dual like a sure so you can usually kind of like break them out by mechanics uh, another good example ours pretty much every prison go and watch Hit the dust. Regardless, though, um, they did announce the rotation, and like many people suspected, they are using the regulation codes on the bottom left of your cards. So, if you're listening, don't know what I'm talking about, I would take out a card, one that's been printed since Sword and Shield, and I pop that sucker in front of your face. And if you look towards the bottom left of that card, you will see first off, you'll the set symbol in the very bottom left just a little bit to the right there you'll see a letter serious letter it should be or an e if pulled out the card is instructed <laughs> so what that means is we're basically taking japan's system where they use the alphabet to kind of categorize the blocks of cards so things that have been printed in the first block 
uh, from Shield, those have that D regulation. Um, and things that are printed a little bit later have that E regulation. Symbol. And the thing that is important to note about those regulation symbols is it makes it a lot clearer what kind of reprints are allowed. So a good example of that that I just have on my person right now is boss's orders. So the boss's yeah. orders with Lysander uh, still has that deregulation symbol, so you know it's going to stay in the format at the same time as the boss's orders from Rebel Clash. Um, so I, it's a really nice tool. It gives Pokemon more flexibility in terms of what cards they can print as well. Um, so previously, it, it's been a huge thing where we get where Japan will get these cool promos, but we don't have like a good way to slot them over into the U.S. Or look at these cool reprints that we just don't have the capacity to like reprint in the same way. Um, right. We did the alternate RAs, but alternate RAs they didn't have as like parts of official sets. They're promos or right. in, like Shining Fates kind of sets. Um, this gives Pokemon the flexibility, like, hey, you know, they have this new Art of Marnie that just got released. Why don't we put that into a set, but give it the deregulation mark so it'll still rotate when expected? Um, right. So it's awesome. It's good to see, and it adds a lot of clarity in how the game would work. Um, so even if you weren't really clued in to how the rotation mechanics work in the past, you can very easily look at your collection moving forward and know what kind of cards you'll need. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a really great uh, summary of why those symbols matter. To be frank, I I just view it as kind of something that is a teaching tool, helps kids you know, and, and parents of kids know like, okay, D and E, like that's what I can play. And oh, okay, you know, I see that this card is an A, so now I can't play that. You know, it's just very obvious, right? To say like, okay, here's what you can play. Here's what you can't play. As opposed to trying to go through the set, um, you know, like you said, like trying to go through the set symbol, like you just go, okay, what letter is it? I Legal mean, or not, you know, it's very that, binary. It, like it adds a couple of extra layers too. Like first off, it lets you know what kind of is out to rotate so you have a better sense of like what that'll look like um mm -hmm. but also um i think one of the better examples almost when there's an older card that got reprinted um kind of like within the same era so i'm specifically yep. thinking of like eveltal ex right so eveltal sure. ex was printed sure. in x and y but then there was those tins that came out that kept it legal forever but yep. i had a, a situation at like a league cup where Someone was very confused because I had Eveltal from X and Y on my deck list. Like this is okay. I swear this is okay. <laughs> but... <laughs> sure. I mean, and and that's I mean that's a great point that you bring up. Like again, with newer players or or younger players or, or both, really, it, it can be a little confusing, right? Or at least right. the old way like, it was. Because like the set symbol doesn't really necessarily correspond to a card's layout. Um, yeah. So I think this is a great way to like add that level of clarity. Um, and really, it only serves to benefit everyone. It benefits the judges who deck checks. It benefits players who are building their decks. And it benefits people who are coming into the game who want to know what cards are allowed to use. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. So awesome stuff. I mean, I don't want to, like, theory mod too hard on kind of what post-rotation will look like. Because um, I think that is constantly changing. We think of, like, the Table Mod series. You had Zashi and V dominating for a while. But I don't think that's really the case anymore <laughs> with, like, newer cards that have come out. Um, right. Yeah. So, and we're gonna get you know what two or three more sets by the time rotation hits yeah, so there's plenty you know, we, more to see 
plenty more to yeah, see. Yeah, we can we can we can speculate all we want, but in the end, it's it's when we get you know certainly closer to that rotation data, we'll have a obviously have a better idea. But um, one last topic that I do want to bring up, and that I mean that is the current meta. We should talk about it just briefly. Yeah. Uh, kind of bring up um, uh, just a few points here about it, and mostly because the Players Cup four is coming up, and I for me, I know I am going to be grinding that you know very seriously um this is something with prize money on the line so every tournament counts um i'm gonna try to get a buy um i'm going to do what i can to just play the best deck at all times really not taking anything for granted and um i try to win some of that sweet sweet cash now that there's kind of a cash now that there's a cash prizing associated with it, I feel like there's a the not that the travel awards weren't prestigious because certainly I would have liked to have one of those as well, but um, there there there's a bigger weight I think um, that'll be placed on this. So I'm excited to see what the turnout is for uh, Players Cup Four. That starts in two days. If you're listening to the cast on Thursday, you will get your Players Cup keys on Friday, which is really exciting. Um, Riley. Walk us through kind of what you're seeing from the metagame, what you're seeing from tournaments as as they're you know happening every single day. What are kind of some trends that you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, it's hard to say if there's really any trends. There's so many things that are finding success. Um, a couple of more major things, I would say, is in terms of popularity, um, ADP and... Rapid Strike Urshifu are definitely the most dominant decks in terms of popularity. They're not winning every single event, but they are always in like the top three most played decks. Um, but in spite of that, I saw Ikram in an event the other day, which was cool. Playing that stealthy hood to get around the Mimikyu Urshifu decks to allow them to leverage the Mewtwo. Yep. We have multiple variants of Rapid Strike, which we talked about last week. Also have sometimes crazy decks. I mean, there was a, a straight Blacephalon deck that won a tournament the other day, which kind of yep. surprised me because they played four attackers and a Cramorant <laughs> with no Ordinary Rod. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, you know, they they won a tournament, so that's sick. Um, and Mad Party definitely on the rise right now. There's just so much going on that the game is really dynamic. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, oh, it's 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 really interesting to see kind of this. Um, I don't know, maybe a lessening of Eternatus, and, and maybe Eternatus was the real gatekeeper all along. Maybe it wasn't actually ADP, but um, Eternatus, as as we know, was kind of the centralizing. Um, the centralizing deck of last format where it was just towards the end of last format it was just seeing a ton of play it was easily you know one of the top play decks yeah. and you know now we're seeing eternatus kind of fit into the into the the fray right it's not <laughs> high and above the most played but it's one of the most played and and usually hovers around three to five most played in any given tournament so you know that has led to some kind of opening up of the format. I don't really know what's the cause of that because we've always, you know, every content creator has been hating on, you know, ADP, um, you know, snuffs out creativity. And I think even to a certain extent, like Rapid Strike Urshifu kind of snuffs out creativity with the snipe attacks, right? It's really hard to set up things when that thing is, uh, when that thing is sniping. So um, I think that there, it's just interesting to see, like we've seen a decline in Eternatus in its popularity 
and we're seeing an increase in, like you said, Mad Party, uh, kind of these fringe decks. Rillaboom has been seeing uh, some success and just a number of other, uh, you know, Mewtwo decks are kind of coming yeah. back. So it's really cool to see. I, I'm happy that this format is uh, in the place that it is. Yeah, so I guess if there's a key takeaway, um, I would play something that is built consistent and yep. um, has a generally good chance a lot of the field. I don't think there's any particular deck that's just going to blow everything out of the water. Um, a lot of decks are seeing success right now. So play something it, consistent that you're comfortable with. Yeah, it, it you really can't make a bad choice. I think there are so, like you said, so many decks. So if I were to pick like a top three, I mean, I might have a personal top three, but honestly, if you told me three completely different decks, Riley, I think there would be arguments to be made that, yeah, that could work just fine because it's so wide open seems like like actually more than uh, pretty much any time in the last like three or four years that i can remember just like any deck could win on any given night and that's very very exciting it is so i hope to see you all competing in players cup four and you got that prize money on the line so give it your all and we will keep you updated as we move on our players cut four journeys as well in the spirit of following along with our journeys you could also follow us on social media that's at real john walter and at smiles of Wiles on twitter as well as at tag team pokemon for the podcast and then make sure to follow us on twitch as well if you want to catch us live so the podcast recorded live at twitch tv slash munner and then jw does his live streams be righteous yeah, thanks so much, Riley. We have one question before we uh, before we get going. Ask Duncan. asks, how is JW doing in my first week as a software bro? And I'm doing pretty well. You know, I'm just onboarding, so it's a lot of just kind of self learning and reading documentation and watching old Zoom meetings. So it's pretty good. <laughs> I think we got one more question that's worth answering. Well, Mass Dave asked, anything you guys are leaning towards playing for Players Cup for? Um, so maybe give like your top two JW. Uh, yeah, I'm. I think my default is going to be Pikaram. But if I were to go with something spicy, I've been really enjoying Rillaboom. There was a period of time that I felt like I couldn't lose at the deck. I went on like a 15 game win streak, and I was just like ripping apart every single deck in the format. And then you know, of course, there's some inherent inconsistencies with that kind of deck. But uh, I, I think there certainly is a fair amount of merit to bringing something a little bit off the wall to players cup four qualifiers yeah for me uh top two would be probably rapid strike and people yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah very cool a lot of decks with uh, a lot of good options so great thank you guys all so much for listening thank you for uh, all your support over uh the last you know week over the last month over the last year really um don't take that for granted and uh yeah please make sure to rate and review if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform that helps us a ton <laughs> you know it and with that we will catch you all next time peace <laughs>